the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. 24 hours a day, seven days a week. The news never stops. Life goes on around town and around the world. You need a talk show that keeps track of it. A program with bold opinions that's always open to your views. That is this show. Welcome to the Mark Davis Show on 660 AM. The answer. All right, everybody. Hour number two on this Monday, the fifth day of February 2024. Glad you are here. Hope all is well with you. Hope your weekend was good. Mine was ready to get cracking on all the hot topics. Uh, The main uh, picture, of course, is of a border bill in trouble, a presidency in trouble. And we're chronicling all of the above and grabbing your calls on the news stories of the weekend or stuff in your head as we begin a brand new week. First full week of Feb 866-660-5759-866-660-5759. That's how you call us. And that, of course, is also how you text us on the Patriot mobile text line. All right. Uh, how did this actually go? Uh, Mike and I made mention of the, uh, of the Nikki Haley uh, involvement in the cold open of Saturday night live. I have not spent a whole lot of time paying attention to SNL of late when I have on occasion, there have been moments that weren't bad. And if there's one thing that you you can count on, it's the amazing Trump impersonation of James Austin Johnson. And it's funny because I've heard him interviewed about this. And he said, look, I don't want because you could tell when Alec Baldwin did Trump, it just seethed with Alec Baldwin's hatred of him. Um, this one doesn't. It, it is what what satire does. It it sort of takes the things that are exaggeratable and does it. And, of course, the key of any impersonation is how good is it, either through perfection in mimicry or just seeming to gather the embodiments of uh, – I mean, it's kind of funny. Remember Chevy Chase did Gerald Ford. <laughs> looked looked nothing like him, but it was just based on clumsiness and et cetera, et cetera. But uh, at any rate, though, and so the, the premise was – that uh, Trump was doing a town hall in South Carolina and voters were gathered and voters asked him something. And, uh, and, and then uh, Keenan Thompson and Punky Johnson were portraying uh, Charles Barkley and Gail King uh, seeing the whole thing. And, uh, and here you go. Okay. Our next question comes from someone who describes herself as a concerned South Carolina voter. Yes. Hello. Well, there you are. Why won't you debate Nikki Haley? Oh, my God, it's her. The woman who was in charge of security on January 6th. It's Nancy Pelosi. For the 100th time, that is not Nancy Pelosi. It is Nikki Haley. Are you doing okay, Donald? You might need a mental competency test. You know what I did? I took the test and I aced it. Okay, perfect score. They said I'm 100% mental. And, you know, I'm confident because I'm a man. That's why a woman should never run our economy. Women are terrible with money. In fact, a woman I know recently asked me for $83.3 million. 
and you've spent $50 million in your own legal fees. Do you need to borrow some money? Oh, Nikki, don't do this, Nikki. <laughs> Nikki Tiki Tavi. <laughs> Nikki, don't lose that number. Nikki Haley, Joel Osment. Nikki Haley, Joel Osment, we call her. Six cents, remember that one? I see dead people. <laughs> Just the the Trump stream of consciousness, which you will get every once in a while. Yeah, that's what voters will say if they see you and Joe on the ballot. (laughs) That's not very nice, Nikki. It's not nice. And I'm always very nice to you, except when I'm implying you weren't born in this country. Even though you're from South Carolina, and now I'm going to beat you in your state. I gotta say, the writers, I mean, she's the writers wrote this. She showed up for this, but then. And did you win your home state in the last? Um, okay, first of all, home state at the moment is Florida, but she is re- she's referring to New York, which Trump did not win. But New York's a liberal state. Trump's not gonna win a liberal state. South Carolina is a conservative state. Mm-hmm. And she's going to get drilled. But anyway. Election? I won Staten Island. <laughs> <laughs> And the parts of Long Island where the fist fights happen, where they, where they get out of the cars if you honk at them. I love my world star whites. <laughs> All right. Well. Okay, hang on. Here's, here's another question. Here's where the, the other applause surprise you'll see is the host for this episode, Io Adebri, who I didn't know from Adam or Eve a couple of months ago. But we are about halfway through the second season of The Bear. And it's just it's it's one of the better TVs of of the last year ish. Yeah, Jeremy Allen White, uh, the entire cast is incredible. It racked up a bunch of Emmys. So Lisa and I said, "Well, let's watch this thing." They are absolutely deserved. She plays the very smart yet impatient young chef talent Sydney on the Bear. But anyway, she is a a questioner here, and then she is met with uh, with with appreciative applause from the from the crowd. That is a new one on me. Okay, we have time for one more question, and it's actually for Ambassador Haley. And there she is. Um, I was just curious, what would you say was the main cause of the Civil War? Um, And do you think it starts with an S and ends with a lavery? (laughs) Yep, I probably should have said that the first time. And live from New York, it's Saturday night. Ta-da, there you are. So if there's anything that will that will serve to endear, it is self-deprecation. And that, of course, was the now infamous moment where this was in New Ham- was in Berlin, New Hampshire, in fact, that somebody, uh, and, and it was a total troll question. But guess what? You got to have good answers to the troll questions. Why is that a troll question? Asking Nikki Haley or any Republican candidate, uh, you know, what uh, you know, what what the causes of the Civil War were. It's to see if in this incredibly racially charged time filled with artificial ramping up of racial tensions needlessly, if uh, a Republican candidate will perhaps, I don't know, pander to those who are just tired of hearing about anything racial and will essentially avoid saying that slavery was a cause of the civil war, which they obviously, uh, so she didn't, she tap danced around all kinds of things clumsily, got absolutely roasted for it. And, um, and so there it lies the question, did it, uh, would you say that it begins with an S and ends with lavery? And I probably should have said that the first time. Yeah, probably so. But that's not why she is down by f- at least 40 and maybe more in her own state of South Carolina. It's because South Carolina is 
uh, a conservative state <clears throat> filled with uh, conservative Republicans. And it, the vast majority of conservative Republicans favor Trump. So, you know, it, it, it is not going, and a lot of people are saying it's going to be a rebuke of her as governor. Not at all. Any more than Texans uh, handing the governorship back to Rick Perry was a rebuke of Kay Bailey Hutchison in 2010. Not at all. We love Kay. Love Kay in Washington. Love Governor Perry in Austin. Ain't broke, don't fix it. And there you go. We have a front runner. It, and when I say it ain't broke, don't fix it. A lot of people say, but Mark, it's incredibly broke. Look at all these, look at all these court cases. Look at all of these, these, these white knuckle moments that lie ahead. I know they do. And they are sideshows. And they are sideshows. Nikki Haley's, um, one of the Make America Normal Again t-shirt campaign at her fundraising sites. Okay. I mean, are you tired of the chaos? Do you do you seek a return to normalcy? Couple of things. Yes, we seek a return to normalcy. We have border abnormalities, gender abnormalities, environmental extremism abnormalities, economic abnormalities, crime abnormalities. A Trump presidency will make all of them better. All of them. And it takes a and if it takes a little chaos to do it to upset those apple carts, to deliver the metaphoric shiv to the ribs of the swamp and the establishment that have made these problems worse, then so be it. That is the attitude of conservative voters. Her main pitch these days, caught some audio of her in, in a South Carolina appearance. And I mean, she's do, doing what she's tr- just trying to, she's down huge. What do you do when you're down huge? I guess you, you, know, you punch up or whatever that's called. And and she said, look, you, you can you can get him through the primaries, but he can't win. He can't win in November, and only I can. That is her pitch. And that just doesn't seem to be borne out by the evidence at all. I mean, if you were down 15 to Biden in the head-to-heads, if the Biden administration were rocking and rolling and just doing great, I mean, it's like, okay, you'd have to have some, some amount of pause, perhaps. And I'm certainly not going to sit here and guarantee you that Trump would beat Biden in November. But the notion that Trump can't win is is just not reality-based to assert that with such certainty. And part of it is because of Trump's strength, which is driving people insane. And the other part is Biden's abject failures, which NBC, which Biden-loving NBC, speaking of NBC, if you move from, it was a tough weekend for them all around. You had to, so you had SNL on Saturday night. And then Sunday morning, Kristen Welker with Meet the Press, welcoming numbers genius Steve Kornacki, who was forced by some remaining shred of ethics to describe what an NBC poll actually said. And and it led one pollster to say, this is a presidency in peril. Details next, 821. Welcome to the jungle. November rain. Little Paradise City. So whose birthday is it? Axel? Nah. Slash? Nope. On the base, it's Duff. 
Duff McKagan is 60 today, so happy Guns N' Roses birthday there. Alrighty, 866-660-5759. Oh, man, uh, you love to see it. Here's Kristen Welker. Uh, <laughs> now, later on in, in, in the program, she will uh, have a, a, a chat with, um, with, with House Speaker Mike Johnson. Uh, but there's no arguing with these numbers. One of our pollsters tells us we are looking at a, quote, presidency in peril. With the general election just nine months away, President Biden has declined on every measure since 2020, is struggling with key elements of his base, and now trails former President Donald Trump by wide margins on the issues voters say are most important to them. Boy, uh, can we just let that marinate for a little bit? Just... Breathe deep the sweet smell of poll results that they did not enjoy at NBC. Joining me now to take us through the numbers is national political correspondent Steve Kornacki. Steve, these are some truly stunning numbers. Yes, they are. Really, you know, here's, here's what's funny. Hang on, no, no, no. Stunning numbers. We are the words mean things talk show. Is it really that stunning? i tell you what's stunning is you guys are reporting them. So what's stunning is you guys gave these the light of day. That's a little stunning. The fact that the American people are recoiling at bad policies, it's not stunning. It's a pleasant surprise. So just saying. To start with the bottom line, when you ask folks, hey, if it's the general election and it's Trump versus Biden in our poll, Donald Trump now leads Joe Biden by five points. Compare that to the last time we polled back in November. Trump was ahead then, but it was only by two points. The, the number's 47-42 now. And in November, it was just three months ago, it was 46-44. So Trump already had a lead head-to-head. So there's uh, so Nikki's all over South Carolina saying, oh, Trump can't win. Trump can't uh-huh. Ma'am, there is growing evidence to the contrary. Your only hope. Why don't people listen to me? <laughs> I mean, I do people listen to me, but I I, it's not about me. Why doesn't someone get in their ear? I mean, DeSantis, who who ran a better campaign than many people say. It was just Trump exists. So there was no lane for him to gain traction. But the whole thing needs to be, look, and for DeSantis, who is an actual conservative, it's like, look, I want those policies back, too. But I'm scared to death that, that Trump's going to run. There's something's going to happen during the year and, and, and he's going to get just sidelined or waylaid or something terrible is going to happen. And I, I think I could beat Biden and serve two terms. Ta-da. Now, Nikki Haley would be able to say that, except she's just not conservative on some things. And but again, the notion of but just making stuff up that Trump can't win again, 4742 in the latest from NBC, 4742 Trump head to head with all of the court cases dangling with all of the mean tweets, with all of of the Trump uh, idiosyncrasies, with all of it baked in. 47-42, he leads Biden. Stop saying he can't win. And I'll stop saying several things as it's a news time. Let's hop in there, come back. And, and Steve goes into another deep, a deeper dive on various other numbers that you'll be interested to hear. And they, they and Steve, Steve's a straight up, Steve's a numbers guy, whatever the numbers are. He'll tell you, and that's why I like him a lot.
Kristen Welker, who had, had to be miserable. <laughs> so uh, we'll uh, see how that all went. NBC executives, don't get me started. All right, it is 831, getting her started in the newsroom. Nikki Whaley with details of news on this Monday. Little Guns N' Roses, little Bobby Brown, all birthday-related, my prerogative. From the Don't Be Cruel album, 1988. Bobby Brown, 55 today. All righty. You know, but late 80, 1988, uh, that was heavily on folks' minds yesterday as they got their first look at Tracy Chapman for a long time as she was on stage at the Grammys uh, with Luke Combs doing uh, Fast Car, which was awesome because uh, Fast Car was a 1988 record. Tracy Chapman is awesome. If you do do a, a an exploration of her uh, from Fast Car and Give Me One Reason, and just she's just, I don't know, she hasn't performed in a long time. Um I hope everything's uh, hope everything's okay there, and maybe this will be a spark for new material and uh, new uh, new performances and appearances by her because she is just awesome, and nobody is immersed in her awesomeness more uh, than than Luke Combs. Her his appreciation for her and uh, it was it was just great, just mutual admiration. It was awesome. Okay, so uh, I, I've often said in returning to the uh, the, the fairly brutal uh, but necessary treatment by NBC of the uh, of the poll numbers for Biden that a a poll number a poll is a poll there are events in life and there are patterns if something happens one time maybe two it's like okay that happened but if it happens repeatedly over a series then you got something behaviorally politically sociologically all kinds of things right there are events there are moments and then there are patterns so again here is Steve Kornacki Analyst extraordinaire saying, yeah, this uh, two, three months ago, Trump up by two, 46-44 over Biden. Now up by five, 47-42. Yeah, this is just a continuation of something we've been seeing. It's even more significant when you look at it this way. Over time, we have been testing for five years now, going back to 2019, a Biden-Trump matchup. Remember 2019, 2020, Joe Biden led. He led big in every single one of our polls. Let me give you the details as I take a look. (laughs) Uh, Biden was up by nine as 2019 wrapped up. Uh, He was up by nine. In March of 2020, up by 7 in June of 2020. He was up by 14 in October of 2020. By the time you get to middle of last year, he's up by only four. And uh, then Trump up by two. And now Trump up by five. Since October of 2020, the Trump trend line has been nothing but up. The Biden trend line has been nothing but down. For the first time in November, Donald Trump pulled ahead in our poll, and now at five points, this is the biggest lead NBC has ever had in 16 polls for Donald Trump over Joe Biden. And, of course, undergirding all of this is this question of, he is the incumbent, Joe Biden. We ask voters, what do you think of the job he's doing? And look at that, Kristen, 37% approve, and now 60% disapprove. Dude, how underwater do you need to be? Yeah, and, And, again, as I said, Mike, to Mike, it's February. When I say a lot can change, a lot can change. Uh, obviously, poll numbers, you know, a year, seven months, six months, 
uh, out don't doesn't don't necessarily predict what an actual November election is going to be. Some some things are volatile and some are not. I mean, obviously, Trump himself is volatile. The news cycles are volatile. And by that, I mean, things can change and things can happen. And, you know, just all all manner of news stories can can come to to jostle our psyche in some fashion or another. But the things that the narratives that just don't look like they're all that changeable, the things that appear to be fairly baked in is the growing willingness of voters to consider Trump, often voters of color, the the American people looking at the sorry state of affairs and saying, man, I mean, I, I know Trump seems, you know, about half crazy a lot of the times, but it's better than what, the way things are now. A lot, that kind of voter, that kind of voter saying, I know, you know, lawsuits and blah, 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 but the, 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 the country's just in, in trouble right now. And it's time for a change. Am I, the Reagan-Carter question, am I better off than I was four years ago? And if that answer is no, it's it's kind of funny. When Reagan asked that question on a debate stage with Jimmy Carter, days before the 1980 election, are you better off than you were four years ago? The four years ago was 1976 when Carter beat Gerald Ford. Now... When Trump asks that question, and it ain't going to be on a debate stage because they will not let Joe Biden within a mile of a debate stage against Trump or anybody else for that matter. Um, the four years that you're being asked to to roll back in your head are back to when Trump himself was president before. It's like, hey, those policies, I did that. You want them back? Here I am. You should say that is the lowest approval rating since former President George W. Bush's second term. Yeah, and it's put that in further context, too. Bush in his second term wasn't running for re-election. Yeah. Here's the presidents who were running for re-election in our poll starting their re-election year. What was their approval rating? Bush was over 50. He won. Obama was almost at 50. He won. Trump, four years ago, was 46. He lost. Look how low Biden's number is compared to those predecessors. 37. Again, just and, and I know when you're driving around, it's, that's why I try to really simplify things. As they began their re-election campaigns, George W. Bush, 2004, was at 54%. Barack Obama, 2012, was at 49%. Trump, in 2020, was at 46. Challenging times lay ahead. But again, 54, 49, 46. Biden at 37? But think about what you, the question you're being asked. What do you think of the job the president's doing? It's, it's it's just very, very simple. Do you approve of the job the president's doing? Who who in the world can say yes? I know millions can in a country of 330-some million. If a little over a third of them think that Biden's just the, you know, the, the cat's meow. Okay. And I guess it just, is it just staunch liberalism? Because it's funny, even honest Democrats know that that's not an answer that can be intellectually given. I guess it's just those for whom he is just leftist enough? I don't know. At this point. Their number's all much bigger than yeah. President Biden's. It, it shows you the yeah. improvement Biden has to make here yeah. in the coming months. Mm-hmm. Uh, the issues that are driving this, too, the economy, no surprise, we've been talking about it, but look at that advantage for Trump, 22 points. Wow. And so- okay, I'm going to break these down for you, too, this because... What what do you think? What do you think the two big things are going to be? 
Uh, I, I know foreign affairs, Israel, Ukraine, terrorism, ab- abs- absolutely, a- absolutely. But the two big things in November are going to be the economy and the border, right? The economy and the border. You want Trump v. Biden on the economy and the border? Economy, 55-33. Border, 57-22. The economy and the border. Securing the border here, folks, a very important Trump with a 35-point advantage. The economy is so striking, Steve, because jobs are up, inflation <laughs> is down, voters aren't giving him credit. No, for- but the president deserves credit. The economy d- continues to do with what shreds and scraps of economic liberty that we have left under this tyrannical regime. We are digging. We are still, still in the process of digging out from the self-created COVID hellhole. We are still digging out from the near economic suicide foisted upon us by COVID overreaction. So you're going to get, you know, people actually working again. You're going to get, you know, production of some stuff actually occurring. Of course, Biden doesn't get credit for this. My dog could have been president and we would have seen recovery from that COVID low point. Clearly. Yeah, there are a couple areas in here I think where Democrats see see potential opportunities to grow Biden's support. Certainly they are hoping the economy Uh folks change their perceptions of it and start rewarding Biden for it. That's what they're hoping, certainly. How about this, though? Also Mm -hmm. cautionary for the White House. Go back four years ago. It was two folks in their 70s running Biden versus Trump. And we asked then, do the candidates have the necessary physical, mental capacity it was about even, 4138. Now, you ask Okay, hang on. <laughs> Curiously phrased question. Do they have the necessary mental and physical health uh, to be president? Uh, it, it, the campaign home stretch of 2020, uh, it was 41 for Trump and, uh, and 36, uh, or 38, excuse me, for Biden. Now, it's like, wait a minute, does that mean that they thought that uh, the Trump was, and remember, go find clips of Biden in 2020. Go find just anything, just campaign stuff, whatever. It, 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 it will really shock you. It, it's been like the frog in the, in the boiling water. It, it's been pretty slow. You watch Biden every day in the news, and right now it really seems bad. But how fast the decline has been. When you go back and and you take a look at clips of Biden from 2020, he is he's sharp as attack compared to now. Now, as far as being asked about Trump's, you know, like mental health, uh, people say the guy seems to be a nut, and I, that might have been some degree of, of the of the pull down on the Trump mental health number in September of 2020. But so that was 4138. But now, here, let me let Steve ramp up here for you. 138. Now you ask it. 46 percent say that Donald Trump does. Just 23% when it comes to Joe Biden. And think of what. Now, I'll ask the same kind of question as I did on the overall presidential job approval. What kind of person thinks that Joe Biden has the necessary mental and physical health to be president right now? You may, listen, you may want his policies desperately. You may hate Trump with all your soul, and, and that's why you're going to vote for Biden. Okay, I get that. But what kind of, of person with eyes and a brainstem? 
looks at Joe Biden and says he absolutely has the necessary mental and physical health to have the job for essentially five more years, counting this election year. The central themes of Biden's campaign in 2020, he said he'd be competent. He said he'd be effective. Folks said they believed that in our poll in 2020. One of the big reasons Trump lost, but now complete, total reversal. 48% say Trump competent and effective. Barely a third Mm. say that for Biden. That's right. He said he was going to bring stability. (laughs) He, He said all kinds of things, Kristen. He said all kinds of things. So once again, I may have to make this point a couple of thousand times this election year. So just get ready. I'll phrase it a little differently each time. That this most abnormal, this most white knuckle ride of candidates and presidents and political figures, Donald Trump, he is the figure that will bring a return to American normalcy. Because with all of his idiosyncrasies, he is the one who will bring us back to border normalcy, a border that works, economic normalcy, an economy that is better, foreign policy normalcy, where we are respected around the world, climate policy normalcy, where we no longer think that your SUV is making the planet warmer and should cripple the economy accordingly, gender normalcy, there are two of them. All a crime normalcy, where we actually believe in, oh, I don't know, punishing people for committing crimes. All of those things I've just described, those are normal things to do, or at least they used to be. The Trump presidency offers a return to all of them. He is the normalcy candidate. 850. <laughs> SRV for your Monday, Pride and Joy, 856. All right, let me just set this up. So as I said, Scott Army with us uh, at 905, talking about his his path in the 26, in the Texas 26 race. John Huffman's mayor of Southlake, and he's running as well. And weirdly, financed by somebody, uh, you know, Cameo is where you can throw people money and they will say stuff. Usually it's to wish your brother a happy birthday or, you know, tell your you know, Cowboys fan, uncle, go Cowboys or something like that. Uh, apparently what George Santos will do, and I, I need to look up how much George is, how much somebody paid to get this this nugget of wisdom. Because there is George Santos saying, hey, here's my conservative record, and I can spot a, a fake conservative when I see one. He had no familiarity with John Huffman and said that John Huffman was at was like at a supported BLM because he was at a rally in, in June of 2020. Well, he and then Mayor Laura Hill did indeed go to a, a gathering of citizens as the country was on fire with post-George Floyd racial rage. And uh, and the the point was essentially to say, hey, let's let's kind of work together. Let's be constructive, and we are going to back the police. And anybody saying that this was uh, you know that it was Mayor Laura Hill or or then Councilman John Huffman supporting BLM is a damnable liar. And and George Santos is a whore for taking that money and doing that. Well, he thought better of it over the weekend. I tell you what, I think I'm going to do is let me break because I have to and come back. We'll, we'll say hi to Scott. I mean, I'm not going to bother Scott about that. <clears throat> we'll talk about various other things that are about the actual race. But the, the mechanics and dynamics of how this came about, he, I, I don't, did he come for the purpose of doing this? Or I don't know. But there's this picture of George Santos and Beth Van Dyne, who is, uh, is endorsed uh, uh, Huffman, by the way, and uh, my talk show buddy Dana Lash, who lives in, uh, in Southlake, who had a few things to say about it as well. And it's just... <laughs> Happy primary season, man. Happy primary season. 
Oh, my goodness me. All righty. 8.59, Mark Davis, 6.60 a.m. The Answer. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.